Executive Officer's Personal Log In the days since Lieutenant Natukov's death, I've become more and more concerned about Captain Edwards. While I understand that any good captain feels the loss of a crewman, the captain is taking this exceptionally hard. This is a very close-knit crew, and I believe their displacement in time has made them more so. Mr. McGuire has informed me that the captain and Lieutenant Natukov were especially close, that he thought of her as a daughter. The depth of this loss that he feels no doubt explains some of the captain's recent behavior. While he hasn't done anything that would, in my opinion, make him unfit for command, he has increasingly shut me out of the decision-making process. He's become short-tempered, and he spends more time in his quarters. I hope these are only the symptoms of grief, and that things will return to normal. I doubt, however, that our current mission to deliver medical supplies to the Ponal Colony will help much in that regard. I'm sure if the captain wanted to talk about these things with you, he'd talk about these things with you. You need to give him some space. It's difficult for an executive officer to do his job if the captain barely speaks to him. Why don't you just read his mind? I don't think that would be ethical. You're probably right. I don't want to seem indelicate. Yes? I know Captain Edwards has lost members of his crew before. Every captain has. But he seems to be taking this loss rather personally. Why is that? It's not in my nature to gossip about people's personal lives. I'm not asking for gossip. I'm just asking for information so I can understand the captain. Well, he's not always an easy man to understand. You're late. Oh, it was Mr. Locke. He's worried about you. Is he? Aye. And he's not the only one. We've had this conversation. We have, and I don't want to have it again either. Good. Then let's move on. Are those the latest reports? Aye, there's been some trouble with the overmixed flux, but it's nothing that's out of tolerances. I think it's just a residual effect of our time jump. Any effect on any other systems? No. I want you to coordinate with Knight on this, but don't tell him why. I can do that. Science officer's duties can encompass a lot. Science officer... He wasn't my first choice, you know. I offered it to Dr. Walschlegel, but he turned it down. Said he'd rather stay down in astrometrics. I've offered promotions to him before, you know, and he turned them down too. He's the smartest man I've ever met. I think everyone on this ship could say that. He's just happy where he is. Maybe so. I wish I were. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Montana, the continuing mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no crew has gone before. Star Trek, the continuing mission. Based on Star Trek, created by Gene Roddenberry. Starring Tim Renshaw as Captain Paul Edwards. Patrick McRae as Chief Engineer Jack McGuire. Stephen Perkins as First Officer Darius Locke. Brian Bonner as Security Chief Thomas Plummer. 
Scott Martinek as science officer Stephen Knight. Gabriel Diani as Dr. Kyle Wilson. Anna Devine as helmsman Susan Palmer. Executive producers Sebastian Pruth, Andy Tyra, and Patrick McRae. like it's just a hairline fracture. You have a good eye. Go ahead and put it back in. It should hold up under normal stresses. I don't mind helping you out. In fact, it's interesting. But I can't help but wonder why the captain has assigned me this. Well, you're the new science officer, and there isn't a lot for a science officer to do on this mission. That's true enough. Delivering supplies to the Ponal Colony? That was remote back in our day, and it's still remote now. You know... I accepted this promotion, but I hate the way I got it. I know. We all miss Numi. Let's go check out those transducers. They were acting up a bit last week. Yes? Captain! It occurred to me that I might have been a little hard on you. Nothing I don't deserve, sir. I should have been more prepared. I agree that you deserve it. I'm not here to apologize. But you shouldn't blame only yourself. None of us knew what we were getting into when we took Cytok aboard. I still don't know what this has been all about. I get nothing from Starfleet. Everything is classified. You can't prepare for what you know nothing about. You did the best you could, and I accept that. I know you well enough to know that you'd never shirk your duty. Yes, sir. I mean, thank you, sir. I know the guilt you feel, because I feel it too. It's going to haunt you for the rest of your life. Maybe you'll be lucky, and this will be the only haunting you'll have to deal with. Captain Edwards. There's an incoming transmission for you from Galvis Prime. I'll take it in my quarters. I've got it, Ensign. Thank you. Hi, Captain. This is Captain Edwards. This is Constable Dahlia, Captain. I'm afraid I don't have very good news. Go ahead. I did as you asked. I tried to find out more about Cytok's case. I did it under the cover of gathering information for a report for what I assumed would be an upcoming investigation. I just happened to try to dig a little deeper than I would have ordinarily. And? It's most odd, Captain. Like you, I couldn't find anything. I'm not even finding classified material. It's all vanished. Someone has erased almost all traces of Cytok's existence. When I informed Starfleet that I had prepared my standard report, I was told it wasn't needed. After that, I checked with contacts within the Vulcan Consulate, and I was told that no formal inquiry into Cytok's death had been done by them. Captain? Yes. Uh, yes. Constable, thank you. I'm sorry I haven't been able to be of more help to you. Thank you. Edward's out. 
Ensign Palmer, lay in a new course. Heading 33 Mark 096, Warp 6. Sir, that course will take us into the Romulan neutral zone. I know exactly where it will take us. Sir, have we received new orders from Starfleet? Do you have a problem with the order, Mr. Locke? I... permission to speak freely. Denied. This ship is not a democracy. Course laid in, Mr. Palmer? Yes, course laid in, sir. Engage. Mr. McGuire? Yes? May I speak with you? You already are. Yes. Uh, are you aware of our course? I, I believe we're headed toward the neutral zone. Do you know what Captain Edwards is doing? No. Why don't you ask him? I did. You don't trust Captain Edwards. It isn't that. It's just... Look, I know you admire the captain. All of you. Your legends. Right, right. I know you know our Starfleet service records backwards and forwards. I've told you, it's not in my nature to gossip, and it's not. But if you want to understand the captain, you need to understand that he wasn't always in Starfleet. He wasn't born in that uniform, you know. Thank you, Mr. McGuire. Aye. You're welcome. Computer. Lights at 50%. Coffee. Black. Hot. Yes? Captain, am I disturbing you? Yes, but what do you want? May I come in? Yes, yes, come in, Doctor. What do you want, Doctor? Oh, okay. Um, well, I was wondering how you were feeling. Why? I'm the Doctor, and you don't seem yourself. Is this about our course change? No, no, of course not. I don't know what your orders are. I'm just worried about you. I know how much Numi meant to you, and Doctor... You are quickly approaching some very, very thin ice. I'm sorry. I, I can't help feeling somehow responsible for what happened. Cytok was in my sick bay, and he escaped. And if I'd only been a little faster with the phaser... Yes. If only. I was surprised Nurse Belden asked for a transfer. She seemed happy here. Yes. I think this business with Cytok upset her. Well, I was sad to see her go. She was a good nurse. Yes. Might be a while before we can get a replacement. That's fine. We have more nurses. Is there anything else, Doctor? You still haven't told me how you're feeling. I'm having trouble sleeping. Are you happy now? Cut down on the coffee. I can also prescribe something. No, I need to be clear-headed. Lack of sleep doesn't make one clear-headed. No, no, it doesn't. Are we done here, Doctor? Um, yes, of course, Captain. Computer, access full biographical record of Captain Paul Edwards. Current assignment, USS Montana. Working. I hope you haven't been too bored helping me out down in engineering. No, it's been interesting. Uh, pock tar and water. Pock tar? How can you eat that? I can't stand Vulcan food. I like it. It has no taste. Besides, it's hardly filling. Cabbage and bacon soup and hot black coffee. 
Well, I appreciate the help. Jack? Yes? Why do you think we're heading toward the neutral zone? I don't know. Do you think Psytok was right? What's going on? I'm reading an overload building in the warp core. Captain DeMaguire. I'm on my way, Captain. We're reading a warp core overload up here. Taking care of it, sir. What happened down here? We still don't know, sir. Everything was fine, and then suddenly the monitors went haywire. All right. Mr. McGuire, what's the situation? Jack? Easy, Steven. Engineering, do we need to eject the warp core? Hmm. Huh? No. There. Readings are back to normal, Captain. What the hell happened down there, McGuire? Not exactly sure, Captain, but we should be fine. Everything appears to be stable. I'll look into what might have caused this. See that you do. I'd rather not blow up on this trip. You're not sure? You seem sure. You fixed it. You just said everything was fine. Mr. Knight. Yes? Let's go finish our lunch, shall we? It looked like the warp car was overloading, but it really wasn't. There was a feedback loop in one of the monitoring systems. It looked like the antimatter flow regulators were stuck open and it registered as an overload building, but it was a false alarm. How soon can we get back into warp? Right now. Then do it. Yes, sir. Captain, may I have a word with you? What is it, Mr. Locke? I... Yes? I believe I understand why you're doing this. Understand? What is it you think you understand, Mr. Locke? I know... What is it you're trying to say? I know about Catherine... and about Stephanie. Did you... I didn't tell him anything, Captain. You didn't. I didn't read your mind. I read your file. Oh. I think I understand what you... Mr. Locke, my personal life is none of your business. It is when I think it may compromise the safety of this ship and its crew. Do you think I'm unfit for command, Mr. Locke? I didn't say that. What are you saying? Well? I'm saying, be careful. Captain, we are approaching the neutral zone. Bring us out of warp, Ensign. Keep us one million kilometers from the negotiated boundary. Aye, sir. Chart a course heading 1447 Mark 12, running parallel to the neutral zone boundary. Course charted and laid in, sir. Mr. Gilmore, monitor all communications frequencies. Yes, sir. Let me know of any unusual communications, Starfleet or Romulan. Be especially alert for the phrase, Sword of Romulus, or any mention of a possible attack on a Federation outpost. Lieutenant Nutuk, ah, Lieutenant Knight, I want a continuous sensor sweep. I'm looking for anything unusual, especially if it comes across the neutral zone. Yes, Captain. Captain, I'm receiving a message from Starfleet Command. They want to know why we are overdue at the Ponal Colony. Ignore the message, Ensign. Sir? You heard me. Uh, yes, sir. You're hoping to discover an attack on an outpost. Maybe. Doesn't it strike you as odd, Mr. Locke? If the Romulans really were attacking Federation outposts, that would clearly be an act of war. Why would the Federation not have responded? Why would no one even know it was happening? I don't know. 
I don't either, but I intend to find out. Captain? Yes, Lieutenant? I am picking up evidence of what appears to be attacks on at least three outposts. I'm reading residual radiation, likely from plasma bombs, rubble and disruptor impacts. I'm reading no life signs at those outposts. Maintain scan. So there were attacks. It seems so. Captain, I'm now reading a small ship. What kind of ship? Where is it? I can't tell. I'm not familiar with the configuration. It's, it's lifting off from one of the dead outposts. Ensign Palmer, intercept that ship. Gilmore, hail them. Yes, sir. Mr. Knight, can you tell me how many are aboard? The hall is heavily shielded. The readings are a bit garbled, but it looks like there's just one life form on board. Romulan? I can't tell. No response to our hails. Mr. Knight, do you have a better reading of the ship's configuration? It's still unknown, but it is heavily armed. I'm now reading a number of torpedo launchers and directed energy weapons. Warp engines? Yes. Deflector shields? If he has them, they're not raised. Mr. Plummer, when we get in range, target that ship's engines. I want to disable him, not destroy him. Yes, sir. Phaser's armed and ready. His warp engines are powering up. Are we in range yet? Almost. Captain, Starfleet is once again asking about our overdue status. Damn it, Gilmore! Sorry, sir. In range. Fire! Direct hit. His engines are disabled. Good shooting. Thank you, sir. He's changing course. It looks like his impulse engines were damaged too, and he's going to attempt a landing. Where? He's returning to his launch site, one of the damaged outposts. Take us there, Mr. Palmer. Aye, sir. Mr. Locke, have Dr. Wilson meet me in the main transporter room. Dr. Wilson? That's what I said. You intend to go down there and take the doctor with you? May I ask why? No. Then I request permission to accompany you. No, I... All right, Mr. Locke, permission granted. Thank you, sir. If I didn't know better, I'd swear the ship was crawling with gremlins. Gremlins? Oh, it's a bit of Earth folklore. Mythical creatures who are unusually interested in aircraft. Uh, you're telling me all the transporters are offline? Aye, and I'm afraid it might take me a while to sort it all out. Hello, Doctor. You're just in time. Am I? Jack, upload these transporter coordinates to the Kepler. Mr. Locke, Dr. Wilson, let's go to the shuttle bay. Shuttle bay? I still don't understand why I'm needed on this. There's someone on that ship. He might be injured. All right, Jack, we're ready. I've got the coordinates and we're ready for launch. Aye, sir. Shuttle away. Thank you, Jack. Anytime, Captain. And I hope you'll find what you're looking for, Paul. Course laid in. ETA is 22 minutes. So, Doctor. Yes? That must have been very unpleasant when Psytok melted with you. Yes, it was. How much do you remember about it? Not much. 
I'm not sure. It's a little confused. <laughs> I can imagine. Telepathic attack can be a terrifying experience, Captain. Oh, I have no doubt, Mr. Locke. It's a good thing you had your phaser ready, though, isn't it, Doctor? Do you always leave it set to kill? What are you trying to say, Captain? I'm just trying to get a better picture of what happened. As you said, it's confusing. Nothing about that mission made sense. I don't like things that don't make sense. Nubi died for nothing. I don't like that. I want her death to mean something. So that is what this is about? Yes, it's about that. You read my file. You know everything. Files are impersonal. This is very personal. Yes, it is. I was a Starfleet brat. My parents were in the Judge Advocate General's office. We were always on starships, starbases, outposts, just about every planet you could think of except for Earth. I didn't much like it. I wanted something else. Fresh air, non-replicated food. I moved back to Earth. My parents didn't support my decision. I was supposed to join Starfleet just like my father and his father. But by then, I was old enough to make my own decisions, and I did. I went to Earth and moved to a farm in Missouri. It was a great satisfaction when a man does something with his own hands instead of letting a machine do it for him. And that's what I was doing on my farm. I was young and enthusiastic and in love. I met Catherine not long after I moved to Missouri. She was a sculptor. We got married. She opened a gallery in Kansas City. But we still lived on the farm, and she liked it too. We had a daughter, Stephanie. She was the most beautiful thing I'd ever seen in my life. When she was born, I knew I'd made the right choice. And that was the life I was meant to live. And then, one day, I'd gone to town to pick up some supplies. I had this old hovercraft that I used to haul things. And sometimes it was something I liked to tinker with. When I got home, when I got home, our house was on fire. I ran in. I was out of my mind. I finally found Catherine. She was in our bedroom trying to protect our daughter with her own body. I could see that she was already badly burned, but she was alive. I still don't quite remember how I did it, but somehow I got them both out of the house. And then, both of them died, right there in my arms. Both of them burned, gone. My wife, a beautiful child, my whole life. It turns out something had gone wrong with an old heating unit we'd been using, and that caused the fire. I had my life on Earth, and it went up in flames. After that, I just wanted to get away. I had to get off the Earth, so I joined Starfleet, a little late. I was the oldest cadet in my class. Everyone else was at least six or seven years younger than me. I guess I could have just started flying freighters or something, but I figured that Starfleet was where I belonged, that this was my life after all. I volunteered for all the most dangerous assignments. I fought in the Battle of Bangorn. I got captured by the Klingons, too. I guess I was just trying to stay in action to keep my mind away from my family, away from what I'd lost. A few years later, I met Numi. By that time, I was a commander on the USS Cooper. Numi was fresh out of the academy and on her first deep space assignment. It turns out she had also gone against her parents' wishes. She was a very talented cellist and she'd turned down a spot in the Tycho City Orchestra in order to go to the Academy. She wanted to explore. She loved science and the thrill of discovery. 
Her family lived on Earth's moon and her favorite place there was the Sea of Tranquility, the place where humans first set foot on another world. There's a shipyard there now, but the descent stage of the Apollo 11 lunar module is still there. That's where the future began, she used to say. Well, we became friends. When I first met her, she was about the age my daughter would have been if she'd lived. I was completely charmed by her. I guess I came to think her as the daughter I'd lost. Selfish and foolish, I know. She didn't mind. She helped me realize I shouldn't be trying to forget my family. I should be honoring their memory. She helped me become a human being again. She advanced quickly. When I got command of the Montana, I knew I wanted her as my science officer. So, yes, I did take her death personally, and I do want her death to have meaning. Not everything has meaning. That's one of the terrible things about this universe, Mr. Locke. We're coming up on the coordinates, Captain. Readings? They're still garbled. The ship's heavy shielding is still interfering. But I'm reading one life form aboard the ship. Still alive. Reading human. Human? Yes, sir. Okay, here we go. Get ready for touchdown. I'm reading high levels of ionizing radiation in several nearby locations. We should be safe here for no more than 30 minutes. Then let's not waste time. Get your med kit, doctor. It's all destroyed. How many people were stationed at this outpost? I'm not sure, Captain. These sorts of outposts vary. This looks like a large one. There could have been as many as 100 or more people here. There's the ship. Do you recognize this configuration, Mr. Locke? No, Captain. It's not a Romulan design that I'm familiar with. But then no one has seen the Romulans for decades. No one knows what they've been doing. But I do recognize the technology. Yes, Starfleet. Stolen parts? I couldn't say. You've been very quiet, Doctor. What do you want me to say? Whatever you'd like. Mr. Locke is right. Not everything has meaning. Sometimes I'm not sure that anything does. Captain! The hatch! I see it. Get down! Whose side are you on? We're from the United Federation of... Lies! Which side? We're... We're from the Sword of Romulus. Captain, that's a Starfleet issue phaser. Yes, I noticed. Sword of Romulus? Sword of Romulus? <laughs> the Sword of Romulus? Are you serious? We just want to talk. Are you with the Sword of Romulus? If you just want to talk, why did you shoot out my engines? That wasn't very friendly. You didn't answer our hails. Oh. No. I suppose I didn't, did I? You're bleeding. We have a doctor with us. If you put down your phaser, he'll tend to your wounds. Bleeding? Blood? Oh, yes, there's blood. There's a lot of blood. You wouldn't believe how much. Look, I don't want to hurt you. I want to help you. Help me? That's what Dr. Claremont said. Help me. They made me do things. Claremont? Dr. Montague Claremont? Do you know him? I think we should avoid agitating him, Mr. Locke. Who is Montague Claremont? He's one of the foremost researchers in psychology and brain research. He runs an institute on Delphi 8. 
He's done a lot of research with the criminally insane. Are you working for him? No. Were you at this institute? They put things in my head. Captain, I really think you should allow me to sedate this man. Stay away from him, Doctor. Yes, stay away! Remember, I've got the phaser! Did you escape from this institute? Of course not. They gave me a job. A job? Was attacking these outposts your job? Captain, this man's thoughts are chaotic, but he's a strong sender. I'm picking up some distinct impressions. And? Captain, I feel certain that this is the prisoner Sytok interrogated. The man he mind-melded with. The man who drove him insane. Is this true? Were you interrogated by a Vulcan named Sytok? <laughs> the sword of Romulus, are you serious? Captain, this man is obviously mad. You can't believe anything that might be in his head. He's probably right. Mr. Locke here is a telepath. He might be able to calm your mind. He might be able to help you. A telepath? Like Vulcans? Not exactly, but the principles are the same. No! No more people get in my head! Mr. Locke, I need you to get inside his mind and tell me what's happened to him. He clearly doesn't want me to, Captain. I don't care. I want you to. I'm ordering you to. Captain, a telepathic questioning of an unwilling subject is usually considered unethical. And need I remind you, it's what Sytok did to this man. He's right, Captain. We can't take the chance. The same thing that happened to Sytok could happen to Locke. No. You'll be prepared. You will know what to expect. You saw what happened to Sytok. Mr. Locke, this might be our only chance to figure out what's happening. Look at this outpost. You yourself said as many as 100 people may have been stationed here. Look at it now! And how many more outposts has this happened to? All right, Captain, but I don't approve. And if I sense any trouble, I'll break the link immediately. Noted. Stay away from me! Take it easy! Mr. Locke wants to help you. Back off! <laughs> Captain! It's all right. He's just stunned. I had to get him to stop shooting at us. Go on, Mr. Locke. This really isn't wise. I didn't ask for your opinion, Doctor. He's very frightened and confused. I could have told you that without telepathy. Doctor! He was indeed a patient at Dr. Claremont's institute. He's a murderer. What? What are you doing? Easy. It's okay. What about a name? There are several layers of noise. Dig deeper. He did destroy this outpost. Who's in my head? I believe he destroyed at least some of the other outposts as well. Captain, I really think this link should be broken. Deeper, Mr. Locke. I need to know why he's doing this. I need to know his name. I need to know about the Sword of Romulus. If this is the man Sytok interrogated, I need to know why he's not in custody anymore. There is something hidden. What? What is it? Get out of my head. I sense layers of deception. Stop. Stop it. Go on. There's something blocking me. Get around it. I want to be alone! Captain, this man's vitals are beginning to fluctuate dangerously. The sword of Romulus. Yes? It's... Get out! Ah! Locke! Mr. Locke, what happened? I told you something like this would happen. He's in psychic shock. He's lapsed into a coma. I need to get him back to the ship to treat him. What about him? I can't do anything for him. We need to get Mr. Locke back. You scanned this man. Was there anything odd about him besides his state of mind? I don't know. I told you his vitals... Scan him again, Doctor. I want to know about his brain. Why? Isn't it more important to get Mr. Locke back to the ship? Doctor, I am your captain, and you do what I tell you. All right. 
But you're putting Locke's life at risk. I'm going to make a note of that in my duty report. No, you're not. Is that some kind of a threat? It's a fact. Okay. His vitals are weakening. I think he's dying. Dying? What was in that hypo? Just a sedative to help Locke break the link. It shouldn't have had this effect on him. What's that? Uh, it's just a scan artifact. No, it's not. And it's in his brain. Get a better reading. Okay. It's an object. Small and evidently surgically implanted. Take it out. What? Here? I need to get this man back to the ship for surgery. I am very tired of arguing with you, Doctor. You said this man was dying. Now either take that thing out of him now, or I will just cut off his head and take it with us. All right. Go ahead and take Locke back into the shuttlecraft while I do this. No. I'm going to watch you do it. Okay. Another ship is coming into scan range. What kind of ship? Romulan? No, it's not Romulan. It appears to be the same configuration as the ship we encountered earlier. Also heavily shielded and moving on an intercept course with us. Hail him, Ensign Gilmore. There, it's out, and he's dead. Give me the device, Doctor, and get locked back on the shuttle. Yes, sir. No response to our hails. I don't like the smell of this. Ensign, call Commander McGuire to the bridge. Commander McGuire, please report to the bridge. Commander McGuire, please report to the bridge. I'm never gonna get this tub fixed. They're charging weapons. Shields up. Lock phasers on that ship. Prepare to return fire. Mr. McGuire, it seems we're about to be attacked. I'd like to be at my station manning weapons. I'm turning command over to you. <sighs> Here we go. I was so much happier trying to repair the transporters. Edwards to Montana. We're preparing for launch. Mr. Locke is in a coma. Have medics waiting. Return fire! I'm sorry, Captain, but we've got a bit of a situation here. Situation? I'm afraid we're under attack. Attack? I'm afraid Locke can't wait, Captain. We need to get him to sickbay. Jack, I'm trusting you, Tom's marksmanship, and Susan's fancy flying to get the job done by the time we get there. We're taking off. Aye, Captain. Shields holding. Return fire, Mr. Plumber. Hit him where it hurts. Direct hit. Minimal damage to their shields, however. Evasive maneuvers, Mr. Palmer. Get us out of the way and get me another good shot. Aye, sir. Ready photon torpedoes. Maximum yield. Maximum? I'm not playing around here. I've got the captain coming back here in a shuttlecraft, and I need to get rid of this ship in a hurry. The only way I'm going to do that is to blast a hole in his shields. He's firing again. Direct hit to our starboard shield. It's down to 70%. Divert more power to that shield. Do you have a shot yet, Mr. Plummer? Not yet, sir. How's Locke, Doctor? He's weak. I've given him something to try and stabilize him, but I'm not sure how long it will last. How much longer before we reach the ship? We're almost there. I have him, sir. Fire! (laughs) 
direct hit. Minimal damage to the shields. Is he all shield? Fire again. Punch a hole in it. I have the shuttlecraft coming in on an approach to landing. Ready the tractor beam. This isn't going to be nice. What's all this shooting, Mr. McGuire? I wanted this cleaned up by the time we got here. I'm sorry, Captain. This is messier than I thought. I'm going to have to drop shields to get you aboard, but that nasty bugger out there has some impressive shielding himself, so I'm going to lock a tractor beam on you. I suggest you get ready for a dragon drop. Understood. Dragon drop? An unpleasant experience that is something of a favorite in the McGuire tactical handbook. He's going to lock the Montana's tractor beam on us, drop shields, start pulling us in, and then jump into high warp. We should be pulled along in the Montana's warp field long enough for the tractor beam to land us on the shuttlecraft deck before the high warp forces tear us apart. Um... Don't worry. We've done it once or twice before. Starboard shields are now gone. Do we have a tractor beam lock? Yes, I have a good lock. Stand by to drop shields and jump to warp 9 on my command. Mr. Plummer, send a volley of 10 torpedoes towards our friend. That should at least distract him. His shields are buckling. Another volley of 10 torpedoes. Torpedoes impacting his hull. Drop shields and engage tractor beam. We've got them, sir. Engage warp engines now. Hold on. No signs of pursuit. Maybe we got him. I don't know, but we're not turning around to find out. That's some fine flying, Mr. Palmer. Thank you. Come in. How are you feeling? Better. As you said, I was prepared for something strange to happen during my telepathic link. So? No permanent damage. The psychic shock induced a coma that helped protect my brain functions. Good. What about the device? I analyzed it, along with Mr. Knight. It appears to be some sort of psychic scrambler. Embedded in the man's cerebral cortex, it could affect thought consciousness, awareness, and telepathic contact. I believe this device is what helped drive Psytok mad. So, it could have been implanted to specifically foil telepathic contact? Yes. Could this Dr. Claremont you mentioned have designed and implanted such a device? Perhaps. But that's just speculation. But we do know that this man was a patient at his institute. Did you get anything else? A name? Why he was destroying these outposts? Anything? No name. Just certain facts. He did destroy the outposts, but I don't think he did it alone. Yes, the other ship. And he wasn't working for the Romulans. In fact, I don't believe this sort of Romulus organization even exists. What do you mean? There were many layers of confusion and noise, but a few things stood out as very distinct. 
things I felt to be very true. One is that he did destroy the outposts. Another is that he is the man Sytok mind-melded with. And another is that he has no connection to the Romulan Empire, and that he knows the sort of Romulus is some sort of ruse or cover for something. He laughed when I mentioned it. Captain, I got the distinct impression that I was glimpsing something very dark and complicated. So complicated, this man may not even have known everything about it, though he knew his place in it. I don't know what the answer is, but I know it's something wrapped in lies. And I know it's dangerous. Yes. Captain, there is one other thing I would like to say. I understand your feelings about Numi's death. And I understand your actions. However, I cannot be called upon to perform a telepathic link whenever you need information or whenever it's convenient. A person's mind is extremely private. It's their being. Invading that without their permission is highly unethical. Yes, yes, but, but there wasn't time. I needed the... With all due respect, Captain, after the man was stunned, we could have brought him aboard the ship. The doctor could have operated on him here and he might still be alive. You might have had time to conduct a more formal interrogation, perhaps even return him to custody and find out exactly why he was no longer there. We might have been away before the Montana was attacked. You might have gotten more of the answers you sought. Instead, you acted rashly. You chose the course of action. It was not inflicted upon you. You cannot rely upon me to simply pull information out of people's brains for you. That is not how this works. That's not even how it works on Betazoid ships. If it were, no one in the galaxy would trade with us. We'd have diplomatic relations with no one. Because no one would trust us. But people do trust us. Because they know that we do not invade their minds just because we can. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm your executive officer. Not your telepathic manservant. I understand. You're right, of course. And I'm not going to read the doctor for you. What? Did you? I didn't have to read your mind to know that's what you were thinking. Well? The transporters are working again. Good. I'm afraid I don't have good news, though. Every ship has its quirks. Things break down and need to be repaired, just like anything else. But I've been going over my service logs, like we talked about. And then we had this trouble with the warp engines and the transporters. Yes. The trouble was very convenient, wasn't it? Yes, it was. And look at this. A cracked power relay? When I checked this relay earlier with Knight, it had only a hairline fracture in it. Something that should be replaced the next time we put in at a starbase, but nothing really to worry about. Somebody rerouted almost half the transporter's power through this one relay and then cracked it open. That's what put the transporters offline. Yes. And then someone had to rig that problem we had with the warp engines. Captain, we have a saboteur on board. You're positive? Yes, sir. Just too many failures at just the right times. What have I gotten us into, Jack? I'm getting lectures from the executive officer on how to command my ship, and he's right. Have I lost perspective? Maybe, but if I thought you were really going off the cliff, I'd let you know. I'd relieve you of command myself. I don't doubt it. Oh, I guarantee it. Thanks. I miss Numi, Jack. I want to know why she died. I'll tell you something the doctor told me once. The doctor? What was that? Sometimes, we're not allowed to know. Captain, we are entering standard orbit around the Pornal Colony. 
and we're receiving a request for permission to come aboard. Permission to board? Permission to come aboard, Captain. Who are you? Kelly Natukov. Natukov? I'm Numi's niece. Her niece? Yes. I'm afraid I never met my aunt. Your ship disappeared before I was born. But I wanted to meet her after your ship arrived in this time. I didn't get the chance, though. No. I'm sorry. From what I've heard, she understood and accepted the risks of her job. Yes, she did. She was quite an extraordinary officer and a dear friend. I would like to know more about her. If you have the time, I know you must be busy. I've been waiting here for your arrival for some time. Yes. I'm afraid we had an incident on the way that delayed us. However, I'd be delighted to make time for you. Actually, Captain, I was hoping you might be able to make some room for me as well. Room? I'm a reporter for the Federation News Service. Your ship is quite famous. I'd like to know more about it. And my aunt, too. And I'm sure many in the Federation would like to know about your experiences here in our time. How long would you want to be with us? I don't know yet. Well, I'm sure we can find room for you. Are you hungry? Well, yes. Actually, I am. Why don't we get some dinner and I'll tell you some stories about your aunt. Wonderful. Star Trek The Continuing Mission Based on Star Trek Created by Gene Roddenberry Command Decision Written by David Raines Directed by Sebastian Pruth and Patrick McRae Starring Tiffany Talent as Kelly Natukov Guy Vardaman as Abdiel John Mayer as Constable Delnia Jim Manikis as Ensign Peter Gilmore Craig Clayton as Engineer Nick Michaels Sound design by Andy Tyra, Tim Renshaw, and Tom Cook. Music by Dennis McCarthy, Cliff Eidelman, James Horner, Jerry Goldsmith, and Andy Tyra. Star Trek is a registered trademark of Paramount CBS, all rights reserved. Star Trek The Continuing Mission is not affiliated with CBS or other Star Trek rights holders. No copyright infringement is intended. For more information about Star Trek The Continuing Mission, visit www.continuingmission.com.